The views expressed in this program are those of the participants. Ms. Jarvis, thank you for taking the time. Uh, of course. Yeah, do, have you found whoever uh, did this to Paul? No, not yet, but we do have a few questions. Now, do you know why he was investigating Latham Pharmaceuticals? It was his job. Companies that produce vaccines with federal money are tracked by GAO. And Latham developed a vaccine for a rare but deadly flu virus, didn't they? I mean, a flu so rare that the vaccine just sits on the shelf. You know, we see that a lot. Preventative vaccines are created, but not all flu strains become widespread. They do with a little help. Excuse me? You recently converted all of your assets to Latham stock. Why is that? How I invest is none of your concern. It became my concern when you tried to start an H5N1 epidemic. With the help of someone gullible, someone you could easily manipulate. You could have infected and killed millions of people, Ms. Jarvis, and for what? So you could drive a nicer car? Buy a bigger house? Was this all just because of money? I want a lawyer. You better find a good one. Welcome, everyone. It is Thursday, September 17th, 2020. I'm Bob Metz, and this is Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. Join us for an hour of discussion that's not right-wing. It's just right. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. We are at that stage in the pandemic where an increasing number of people are independently taking a step back to assess just what is going on. And in so doing, risk being called everything from a conspiracy theorist to a COVID denier, to apparently a COVID truther, which was a new one I've heard now. Because despite their growing numbers, they are still a significant minority when it comes to speaking out freely. Essentially, there are two competing narratives on the whole COVID-19 pandemic. The one from the left and the one from the right. Two labels that happened to be the theme on which we ended last week's show and which once again proved to be unavoidable in our upcoming discussion today, which gets underway right after I encourage you to write us at feedback at justrightmedia.org, hear us on WBCQ and on Channel 292 Shortwave, follow and like us on your favorite podcast platform, and visit us at www.justrightmedia.org, where you can access all of Just Right's social media links and our archive broadcasts. Consider offering your financial support. Everyone who donates $25 or more will receive a copy of our 52-page full-color publication, Climate Essentials. Now, like it or not, and deny it or not, we currently live in a police state. It might not feel that way to some of you, but trust me, we do. Personally, I don't like it, but I can't deny it. Since nothing on COVID-19 coming out of the mainstream media or from our political elites makes any sense at all, it is only natural that free-thinking individuals begin to assess the real situation regarding COVID-19 on their own. And it's remarkable how many of them, quite independently of each other, are arriving at the same general conclusions. What's even more remarkable is how the mainstream media, very dependent on a single stream of official misinformation, all say the same thing. Not only about the COVID crisis, but about those who have a different narrative than their official fake line. 
The following article that I planned to hack to pieces <laughs> was written back in May. And the following article is a typical example of the absolutely insulting and contemptuous articles that have been written about so-called conspiracy theorists for quite some time now. Although it was published on May 27th, it's the same narrative that continues in mainstream to this very day. And the headline reads, 5G, Bioweapons, Bill Gates. Why are COVID-19 conspiracy theories gaining traction worldwide? Written by Callum Marsh in the National Post on May 27. And after citing arson-related fires that were set on various cellular towers in England, the article continues with regard to the arsonists. Quote, for these believers, 5G suppresses the immune system or accelerates the spread of disease, and burning down the towers was a heroic act. There is, of course, no merit to the argument that 5G is killing us, and certainly has nothing to do with the viral contagion of the kind the world is facing. Meanwhile, experts, politicians, and spokesmen for the relevant industries have been obliged to dismiss these claims, often with justified impatience. Steve Powis of the NHS called them absolute and utter rubbish. Cabinet Secretary Michael Gove called them dangerous nonsense. The most pervasive 5G conspiracies that COVID-19 is disseminated by cellular towers or that COVID-19 is an elaborate government ruse devised to confine us to our homes so they can install more 5G towers unopposed and unnoticed have so little basis in reality that you wouldn't expect them to be taken seriously by anyone but the already delusional, end quote. Well, that's a good opener, and this is hilarious because this is literally, literally what's going on in Australia right now. We've played first-hand witnesses to that very fact, and their testimonies have been verified and repeated by many others. That's literally what's going on in Australia. They've locked people down, and they're installing 5G towers all over the place. And we'll find out a little more about that a little later. As I said in the previous episode, I really haven't been following this 5G thing, but if the mainstream media is so opposed to it, there's got to be something to it. I don't think this is it, but we'll get to that later. So to continue, quote, a recent study by the University of Oxford found that one in five adults in England believe COVID-19 is a hoax, end quote. Well, no, they don't. <laughs> it is not the disease that's considered the hoax. It's the use of that disease as an excuse to maintain and continue unjustifiable and unconscionable restrictions on everyone's freedom. That is the hoax. Problem is, the very term COVID-19 means different things to different people. The other problem is that most reported cases of COVID-19 as being a cause of death have indeed proven to be falsified and fraudulent. We've known this for a long time. Does that make the fraudulent cases a hoax? Quote, nor is this phenomenon confined to Great Britain. A recent poll conducted by Carleton University in Ottawa found that 11% of Canadians believe COVID is a 5G cover-up. And more than a quarter believe the claim that COVID was concocted as a weapon by the Chinese. A separate poll by Leger and the Association for Canadian Studies found that 15% of Canadians believe Bill Gates is responsible, while another 15% believe COVID doesn't actually exist, end quote. Well, the real irony here is that there is a great deal of verifiable truth behind each and every one of these beliefs, quote unquote. It all depends on the context. So what do 15% of Canadians actually believe Bill Gates is responsible for? Gates has been loudly and widely been pushing his patented vaccines on the whole world and calling for everyone to be vaccinated. He has openly called for the censorship of those who are spreading truths. 
about hydroxychloroquine and a number of other doctor-approved treatments. Quote, across the United States and Canada, ordinary civilians are flaunting their exaggerated skepticism. Lurk in the comments section beneath coronavirus articles for any length of time and you'll encounter the hearty disbelievers. COVID was invented by Fauci and Bill Gates. The infected rates and death tolls are phony, end quote. Well, this, of course, is actually verifiable and now admitted to fact. The death tolls are completely fraudulent and the infected rates are not phony, but meaningless which makes them phony in terms of being anything that we have to concern ourselves with. Quote, These theories have a charming, self-corroborating quality. No reputable newspaper, magazine, or website will affirm any of these claims because even a modicum of investigation or reporting would disprove them and because by nature they are impossible to substantiate. End quote. Also, why didn't you do that? Why didn't the author do any of that? Not even an attempt at doing that because they can't. And how embarrassing, too, because all of these claims have merit. When people say that Fauci and Bill Gates quote-unquote invented COVID, that's not literal. But they did indeed invent and promote the fake crisis that we are all now having to contend with. They played a huge role in that. Quote, the news media naturally are fabricating stories on behalf of the state. You'd have to be naive to believe what you read in the New York Times, end quote. Well, of course the news media is fabricating stories on behalf of the state. Hello? I mean, that's the easiest thing of all to verify on a daily basis. We've been doing it for years, way before the COVID pandemic, for heaven's sakes. Quote, you see a lot of this rhetoric in another realm of conspiratorial lunacy, the flat earth movement, whose proponents sincerely believe that our planet isn't round, but is actually a flat disk fixed in space. Flat earthers, like COVID truthers, <laughs> tend to advocate a sort of eye-opening intuition. There's a lot of talk of, quote, doing your own research, end quote, and looking into this or that subject on your own, meaning contrary to the advice of experts. You want science? Open your eyes, reads the introduction to a popular flat earth group on Facebook. I see no curvature. I see no spinning earth beneath my feet. I feel the warmth of the sun close, not 93 million miles away. These mysteries of perception can, of course, be explained easily by science, but science can be complicated, and such people want, crave, an answer that they can readily comprehend. They don't want to defer to others to accept that perhaps some things are too complex for the layman to grasp. Real research involves diligent, dedicated study and the assiduous scrutiny of peer review." End quote. And what an insult to tell people that some things are too complex to understand. That is a complete lie. You can understand anything. You don't have to know the science of it. I don't have to know how a car engine works and every technical detail of all the electronics in it to understand the principle on how a car works. Somebody tells me the car can fly and it doesn't have wings or anything like that. Am I going to believe that? No. Ugh. Quote, how much easier, how intoxicatingly simple to scroll through memes on Facebook or delve into YouTube and click play. There is no doubt that people are finding it increasingly difficult to trust the word of their government. The same Leger poll found that 50% of Canadians feel the government is deliberately withholding information about the pandemic. Our faith in our leaders and institutions has been eroded, mired in suspicion and mistrust. People seeking answers are looking elsewhere, end quote. Well, of course they are, and it's natural to do so, and they're finding answers elsewhere. Nowhere does the author of this diatribe even question why people don't trust their government. 
Look, the government is both lying to us outright on simple facts and events that we can see for ourselves, for heaven's sakes, and the government is preventing effective COVID-19 treatments like hydroxychloroquine and other similar drugs proving themselves to be just as effective against COVID without needing vaccines. Quote, this kind of thing always produces in the conspiracy theorist a kind of defense of superiority. They know what they believe contradicts the status quo. That defiance frightens them and emboldens them too. Those of us foolish enough to accept facts at face value, those of us who listen to medical professionals and leading experts in medicine and epidemiology and accept their wisdom are mere sheep passively receiving indoctrination like the proverbial lamb led to slaughter, end quote. You sure are. Here's a fact at face value. Those of us in possession of the actual facts are indeed superior to those who merely spew government propaganda that is demonstrably false and can be demonstrated with our own eyes and ears. Superior both morally and intellectually, I might like to add. That superiority is reflected in the fact that we are willing to allow you to continue believing in your excrement, but you're not willing to allow us our freedom to do the same. The person who relies on force rather than persuasion is always the inferior, which is a principle that applies right across the board to the left. Quote, never mind that men and women who have studied medical science for decades probably do know a lot more about infectious disease than us, and that a certain amount of deference to credible authorities is a hallmark of intelligence, end quote. Well, if that's true, then this writer is among the stupidest people on the planet. If deference to credible authorities is a hallmark of intelligence, then why do our officials and people like him prevent us from hearing the credible authorities that we, conspiracy theorists, quote-unquote, rely upon to arrive at our conclusions? I have yet to hear a single refutation of any of the credible authorities that we have featured on this show over the past several months made by the fake news mainstream. Not a one. In fact, everything they say merely strengthens the COVID truthers, a term I would proudly accept, just as I accept being labeled on the right. Quote, The conspiracy theorist insulates himself against criticism with self-righteous hostility. Do your own research, which means watch an hour-long rant on YouTube. Don't trust experts. Make your own expertise. End quote. Well, so here I am quote-unquote, insulating myself from these very criticisms which I've just shared with my audience. Something that those on the right do regularly. Those insulating themselves are the people who write nonsense like this National Post commentary written by someone named Callum Marsh. Consider what this article has not done. Logically or factively refuted even one of the many so-called conspiracies it raised. All it did was attack the messenger and associate that messenger with outrageous, silly BS like the Flat Earth Movement. This article should be classified under bowel movement. But even so, we COVID truthers do not simply accept any authority in deference. We actually weigh what they have to say against our own knowledge and the evidence available to us. Here again, this is a call to stop thinking. Just accept whatever the authorities and experts say. And of course, we know from our own investigations that experts are a dime a dozen, and that's an overestimate of their value. Finally, to answer the question posed in the headline, why are COVID-19 conspiracy theories gaining traction worldwide? Simple, because individuals have the power of reason and the ability to think independently. The evidence that confronts their own eyes and ears forces them to draw conclusions. 
In fact, that very independence of thought is the arch enemy of our politicians, bureaucrats, and the mainstream mediocre, which just mindlessly churns out whatever BS they're fed by their political masters. This has been the singular focal point of all the left's efforts to silence and prohibit free thought. And here's the rub. Because they cannot refute the vast majority of the so-called conspiracy theorists, all they can do is resort to ridiculing and criticizing the messengers, totally dismiss their theories without offering any alternatives or rebuttals, and of course, completely demonstrating the strength of their positions by banning, censoring, shadow banning, deplatforming, and worst of all, completely violating everyone's fundamental rights and liberties by forcing arbitrary and ludicrous social distancing rules, threats of perpetual lockdowns, the forced wearing of demonstrably useless or even harmless masks, and on and on and on. And still, so many people in North America do not see the pure evil of the fascism that has descended upon them. Or, of course, if they're on the left, they welcome it with open arms. Now, I ran into our upcoming audio bite quite by accident after having discovered a new video platform called Brand New Tube, to which some refugees from YouTube are emigrating. This recording comes from a video posted there and produced by Rachel Elna of Dragon's Den on the subject of COVID fascism. She was outdoors walking through a beautiful piece of her property in England on a rather sunny but windy day, a wind which you'll hear from time to time throughout her commentary. But here is yet another example of how people on their own are both experiencing the fascism of COVID-19 and are beginning to create their own explanations about what's really going on. Because the mainstream media is not only failing us, it is our clear and explicit enemy. Hey everyone, this morning um, it was announced that uh, the government has introduced the latest in the whole uh, list of rules and regulations, meaning that from next Monday, um, which I think is the 14th of September, um, we are, no one is allowed to meet in groups of more than six people. Um, now, I'm a mother of five sons, so immediately that gives me a problem because when I'm with my five sons, uh, that essentially means if even if one of them has their girlfriends over or friends over, we're immediately a group larger than six. Um, and also added to this, my sons, two of my sons have just gone back to school and are having to endure the most ridiculous uh, rules and regulations around what they can and can't do, around mask wearing, having to go to their school and wear their PE kit for the whole day if they have PE because they're not allowed to use the changing rooms. I mean, the list goes on and on. Um, I also posted on Facebook recently a, a post of outrage at uh, what had been done to a, an amazing small little local business here in the Peak District, a small tea rooms um, at Enza uh, near Chatsworth, and uh, have been absolutely vilified for speaking out against the craziness of these restrictions which have put in place barriers and ropes and arrows and staff in masks barking at customers saying you can't come in without wearing a mask and gel your hands. 
I mean, the whole thing is insanity. And I just want to talk a little bit about um, what's going on, my observations on it. Of course, COVID is real. We know COVID's real. It exists alongside many other viruses and bacteria and flu viruses. And I mean, there are literally thousands, maybe even millions of, of viruses and bacteria abounding on the planet at any one time. And, you know, that, that is what the human immune system is all about. It's about fighting off viruses. The interesting thing of, of recent uh, times is if you notice about the data reporting, when this all first started, all of the data was around deaths. And then it became apparent that anyone who died, no matter what the cause of the death, was put down as a COVID death if they had COVID present. And now if you notice the data and the reporting has switched from deaths and it's switched into cases. But what we're not told about the cases, firstly, is how many people have been tested. And so therefore, what is the proportion between people being tested and the number of cases which are being revealed? And the second thing is, of those people who are testing positive for coronavirus, how many of them have actually got any symptoms? How many of them are actually in pain, in suffering? How many of them are in, ten in, in intensive care? And you'll know from the death statist statistics, they've dropped massively. So whilst COVID is still out there, the question is, is it such a severe problem? Is it so um, severe that it's warranting these measures and these lockdowns and the second wave, which is inevitably coming because it's being talked up on the media, talked up for the past few weeks. How the Nazis came to power in Germany in the 1930s. As one can imagine, as an aspiring politician, as someone who seeks power, the much more interesting thing about Churchill and Hitler is how did Hitler pull it off? Just how did Hitler go from being a kind of marginal leader to uh, not just gaining power, but also getting the whole of Germany behind him? And the, the, and the clue is, is in the Nuremberg trials when um, I think it was Goebbels was interviewed and he, he was asked when he was interrogated, how did you pull it off? And he basically said, it's nothing to do with being a Nazi. It's nothing to do with being a communist. It's nothing to do with politics at all. It's simply about fear. If you can get people into a state of fear, you can control them and you can do anything with them. And unfortunately, my friends, I very much suspect that that is exactly what is happening with the whole COVID situation. It is nothing but a front to create a huge amount of fear to enable the government to introduce a rules legislation around mass compliance. And if you look at the story of how Hitler did it, it isn't in one fell swoop. It's a creeping thing. So you do a little thing and you get people used to that. And if, if it's the thing that people can, okay, I can live with that. Okay, I can live with wearing a mask maybe when I go into shops. Yeah, I can live with that. 
So you get people used to a mask, one stage of mass compliance, and then you introduce another stage of mass compliance. And then maybe you do a lockdown and then you ease it off and then you, 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 you are the benevolent person who's eased up on, on the restrictions, but then you have to put them back in place again because, uh, because the cases are rising. So it's very easy to see how what is going on at the moment is a creeping move towards mass compliant and command and control government. Now, why would anyone want to do that? What, what, what's that all about? Surely the government is voted in by us and surely the government is there to serve the people and to protect the people. And of course, yes, some of the slogans about keeping people safe, keeping everyone safe. But if you think about the statement, keeping everyone safe, it's essentially uh, the underlying message is life is frightening, life is fearful, there's this dangerous pandemic out there, you need to be terrified, but don't worry, we'll keep you safe. So we have to really start recognizing just how much psyops is going on at the moment to keep people in a place of terror and to gradually introduce these ideas of mass compliance. So back to the question of well, what, what's that all about? Well, I'll tell you what it's all about. And the clue for me was in watching um, quite an early talk, which was done by Dominic Cummings, who's the mastermind of the psyops behind the referendum result and also behind um, Boris Johnson's election, the Conservatives' election at um, last December. He is a master of psyops. And he, in this uh, talk, which was at a digital marketing conference, it was quite a marginal thing before he was high profile and famous. He said, and I'm gonna paraphrase this, but you can probably, if, if it hasn't been taken down, you can probably find the video on YouTube. He said to the audience, I was sitting in the garden, drinking a glass of wine and the phone rang. And it was a very rich person, and I won't name him, that's what he said. He was a very rich person who said, there's a chance we might be coming out of the EU. Do you want to be on the team that helps us pull this off? So what essentially we have to understand with this is that um, Boris Johnson and, the, and Brexit, and even the, the Tory party re-election, um, this goes way beyond politics. This is about very rich, powerful capitalist backers putting in place politicians who are great orators, politicians who have absolutely no compunction about saying exactly what they need to do to get the deal. And you'll know this if you know any salespeople and sales training and NLP great salespeople, they just say whatever they need to do, whatever they need to say to get the deal. And so what we have now in government is a prime minister, a, a, a master of psyops as his, as, as his right-hand man. We have a cabinet which is made up of yes-men. We have a new wave of Tory MPs who are also complete yes men to Boris and yes women. All of the old guard of the Conservative Party was swept away by Boris Johnson when he became, became leader. Um, and 
no one dare speak out. And in fact, indeed, I, I kind of feel, I mean, I haven't, I haven't spoken out about this before, but I really felt very called cool to speak out about it because it's only a matter of time, folks, before speaking out about it is going to be outlawed too in the interests of the public in the interests of the people, in the interests of the government, in the interests of keeping you safe, people who speak out about what's going on are going to be silenced in your interests. So it's very important, I believe, for everyone with the conscious awareness to see beyond the lies, to see beyond the smokescreen, beyond the, the, um, the illusion, to start pattern interrupting, speaking out and saying no and throwing a spanner in the program, throwing a spanner in the works of this machine, which is, I mean, this is a pandemic. This is a machine that is planned and there are stages and they are, it is like a, um, a steamroller just pushing through regardless of people. The, the government is not interested in your health. The government is not interested in your health. The government is interested in command and control. I'd go further. Not only is the government not interested in anyone's health, their policies are all a prescription for suffering and death. The stories of people who have died or, or seriously suffered because of the lockdowns are still to be told. And by the way, I've been saying for years on this show that in historical terms, we have been living the politics of 1930s Germany for at least the past 50 years, if not longer. We've just been drifting leftward constantly. To say that this goes way beyond politics, quote-unquote, is actually to miss the bigger picture. That is what politics has become. Politics is essentially about the collective's morality and law. And private interests are always at play when it comes to government, economy, politics, religion, and ideologies, and even science. I mean, you've always got private interests at play. This has, in the past, been falsely labeled as crony capitalism, because that term combines the interests of those capitalists with the connections and interests of the relevant politicians in question. This relationship is properly labeled fascist. It hasn't got anything to do with capitalism. Calling this corruption crony capitalism is an oxymoronic and contradictory concept since capitalism merely denotes the existence of a free market. It's a condition in which we are free of coercion, either by private or state interests. So-called crony capitalists do not support capitalism because capitalism would prohibit crony politics as being uncompetitive. But crony capitalism, which uses the power of government to treat some people unequally relative to others in terms of restricting or monopolizing trade, is thus properly defined as crony socialism, or perhaps crony fascism, since we're talking about state control of private trade and association. So with those thoughts in mind, here's more of the Dragon Den's Rachel Elna. So let's just go back to the backers of the government, the capitalists. Now... What's going on there? Well, the answer is really obvious to anyone who's been following what's unfolding in the world. There are mass uprisings. There is global warming. There is mass immigration. There's um, too many people on the planet for the amount of food and uh, resources which we currently have because of the way things have been organized. 
The 1% that own 90% of the world's, world's wealth, given that they know what is coming, they are putting in place all of the governments worldwide, all of the procedures, all of the mass compliance, and everything that is required so that they can have command and control of the people. So COVID is just a cover for this. It's the first stage in the, um, in, in the rollout. And of course, no one knows exactly what the master plan is, but we can all have a good guess. And here's mine for what it's worth. So we have COVID, we have mass fear, we have mass compliance around masks. We're already being built up to, everyone has to have a flu vaccination. They're going to put mist up the nose of all the school children. I've said to my sons, do not accept any mist up your nose, flu vaccinations. This is all a segue to get us to say yes when the, the amazing coronavirus vaccines, which everyone is frantically working on, which by the way, were patented, uh, by Bill Gates and co um, uh, some time ago, all of the patents over coronavirus and the testing and all of the rest of it, if you watch Plandemic. So they're going to roll out mass vaccinations. And what's going to be in those mass vaccinations? Well, my guess is nanotechnology. My guess is that uh, a bit like a, a magnetic strip on your credit card, Metallic particles, which allow you to be AI tracked, which allow you to be policed by drones, which allow your identity to be um, monitored by machines. And I was heavily involved in the world of AI not so long ago. So I have a bit of an insight into what's already there, not what's being worked on, what's already there and is just waiting to be rolled out. And the, the key to the rollout is, of course, 5G. And that's what's been happening while well, we've all been busy, diverted onto COVID, 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 COVID. What's been happening? All of the 5G, 5G networks and cabling have all been laid. All of the skies are being full, space, space being filled with satellites, 5G satellites to cover the earth with 5G, um, 5G um, essentially broadband, because that is what is needed by the Internet of Things. And that is what's needed if you want to police by AI drones, because all of this mass compliance and as people start to realize what's going on and there are increasing protests and uprisings, how are they going to police it? How are they going to recruit the, the tens and tens and tens, hundreds of thousands of police officers that are going to have to be required to implement all of the, the rules and regulations and regimes. And that's why they've had to, they've had to rush this. I think they've had to accelerate the plan. That's my hunch on it. They've had to press the button before they were quite ready. And what that means is there is a window of opportunity before that window of opportunity closes. And that window of opportunity is to pattern interrupt this, this machine, this juggernaut, of this mass command control compliance machine, which has capitalists behind it. Um, you don't have to make too many guesses to, to realize who must be on the master plan, the, the, um, the, the mastermind group behind this has to be Bill Gates, has to be Fauci, has to be Zuckerberg and the people behind Google, YouTube. I mean, look to the people who are censoring content I, I, you know, will this video even be seen by you? Who knows? 
Uh, and those of us who are speaking out about it, we're taking a big risk because what was the next thing to happen in 1930s Germany? Well, the resistance was outlawed and, uh, that, uh, and also, um, look at what happened in Nazi Germany. It was, wasn't the police that, um, that uh, necessarily discovered or the Gestapo that necessarily discovered the resistance. It was, it was people telling on other people and saying, my, I think my neighbor's got someone hiding in their attic. So this is the kind of divide and conquer society which is being created it started last year with brexit remain it was like a civil war if you remember and now we've got another little civil war going on either you're a covid believer and you've swallowed the government guidelines hook line and sinker or you're one of the people questioning who's being labeled a conspiracy theorist no i just think that we are just um, bringing a bit of conscious awareness and questioning to what's going on This new rule and regulation that we're being forced to do, is this really in my interest and in the safety of people? Or is this just another creeping step towards mass command control compliance? I really believe that we have to start questioning. We have to say no. It's very important to say no. No. I will not comply. No, I'm not us. I'm not suggesting that anyone breaks the law. I'm suggesting that we question. And I'm also suggesting that we pattern interrupt. Because mind programming and, and hypnosis, it only works if the program is allowed to run. And if you can pattern interrupt it and snap people out of it, and by pattern interrupting, it's like waking people up, shaking people up, questioning. There was a great um, Facebook piece where someone, uh, a, a quite a consciously aware spiritual guy, was accosted in a supermarket and he, the guy said, you know, why aren't you wearing a mask? And uh, so, the, so the spiritually aware guy uh, uh, quite uh, nicely explained that actually it was none of his business and under the Equality Act 2010, um, he had no business to actually ask why he was or was not wearing a mask and um, that uh, really it was none of his business. And uh, of course, the person in the shop uh, pushed the point, at which point this guy just started shouting, at, screaming at the top of his lungs, call security, call security, call security, and um, had all of the security, all of the staff, all of the shoppers in a circle around him. And it was just that kind of, that sudden pattern interrupt that just woke everyone in the shop up. And at that point, that was when he read the riot act about what was going on. And it's kind of that kind of pattern interrupt that is needed now. And it's needed by every single person who realizes what is going on. We all have to now communicate and let people know and pattern interrupt and say no to what is going on. It's very important because there is only a small window of time before speaking out about what's going on is going to be outlawed as well as it has been in Hong Kong, as I believe is already happening in Australia. It's only a matter of time, folks, and that window is rapidly closing. So that is the reason why I've come on 
that's the reason why I've made this video. Who knows if, uh, if it will be broadcast by Facebook or YouTube, but I will find ways to uh, get it to you, uh, to get it to my followers. And um, I'm really feeling now, I mean, I've, I've spent a lot of time just stepping away into my beautiful, peaceful world. And it would be very easy for me to just say, well, I'm okay, I'm safe. I've, uh, I'm living in a beautiful part of the country and uh, the skies are blue and everything is well in my world. But I have five sons and I can see what's going on. I can see what's going on in the schools. I, I go to collect my sons from school. I see them all coming out into the fresh air wearing masks. Uh, my son's reporting that people in Ibiza are being arrested by police for not wearing a mask on the beach. I mean, this is creeping fascism, folks. This is creeping fascism. And it is very important that a wave of us, a huge tsunami of us stand up and say, no, you are not going to do this. It's not going to happen again. We are not having a repeat of the 1930s. So that's my message. I'm sending you lots of love and really hoping this message gets to you and hoping that you will share this and add your voice to this and make your own videos and bring this into conscious awareness and pattern interrupt in all those places where you see the program just running its course. We have to pattern interrupt this steamroller, this juggernaut, which is um, creeping its way through to mass command control compliance. Sending you lots of love. Bye for now. You're listening to Just Right, broadcasting around the world and online. I can't speak to the efficacy of Rachel Elnaw's entire theory, but her explanation of the connection between 5G and the tracking chips that are being justified by COVID-19 is the first 5G theory that makes any sense to me. But I still can't speak from a point of view where I've actually investigated it myself. I would argue with her notion of creeping fascism. What's happening now would simply not be possible if fascism was not already firmly in place. And when Rachel advises us to say no, but don't break the law, what will be the advice after the law says you can't say no, and you can't speak out publicly, like we already witnessed for ourselves in Australia? It's the laws prohibiting freedom of association and freedom of speech that need to be fought against. But I would love to see Callum Marsh, the writer of the commentary about conspiracy theorists, in a debate with Rachel Elna. Got this feedback from listener Andrew B., who wrote... Hey Bob, just a note here to endorse a comment you shared from Paul McKeever on Just Right that is one of the best podcasts and non-mainstream news and commentary sources out there. I was listening to Yaron Brook the other day and in contrast to your position, he was decrying the collectivists of the right and the collectivists of the left. I prefer your analysis that the issue is simply left versus right. I feel this ongoing frustration with Brooks' presentation that the problems with all the violence going on right now are due to bad people on the left and bad people on the right. Everywhere I look, the violence is almost 100% perpetrated by the left via their proxies in BLM and Antifa, along with their intellectual defenders in academia, media, and politics. In my view, there is no equivalent on the right that is advocating or engaging in violence. 
I can agree that it is irresponsible for people on the right to show up at a BLM and Antifa gathering with guns, even if all you're doing is a noble act of protecting businesses and whatnot. By contrast, every day, hordes of leftists are tearing down monuments, blaring horns at night in peaceful subdivisions, violently interrupting elderly people, and trashing restaurants where people want to eat outside, and burning down police stations. There are even outright executions of Trump supporters, whereas there is no equivalent of such violence from the right. Even granting the validity that there is a real problem with collectivists of the right, all I see is the left causing all the death and destruction. Just my two cents. End quote. Well, thanks, Andrew. I'll see your two cents and raise you two more. You're absolutely right about all the violence emanating from those on the left. It is the initiation of violence against innocent people, which is an intrinsic property of what constitutes leftist agendas. This is the irony of those screaming about right-wing racism or violence. Politically categorizing and judging people by race or engaging in group identity politics is a completely collectivist notion. That's why all racism is a phenomenon of, of the left, especially that of the Nazis, who are as leftist as they come. And as if to help illustrate your point, here again is Rocco Galati in an August 12 conversation with the host of Transparent Media Truth, Doug McKenty, and with none other than Dolores Cahill, who has been one of the outspoken quote-unquote experts against the lockdowns and all of the other ridiculous kindergarten rules coming from our governments. I had an idea of a peaceful uh, way of protesting, whether it be a mask or bylaw officers, is to walk around with these uh, armbands with swastikas. And when you're approached by a government authority, you hand one to them and say, I'm sorry, you must have dropped this. Does this belong to you? Right. <laughs> Give it to them. As a means of, you know, you have to demoralize them for what they're doing. They're not they're not robots either. They're going to be thinking about what they're doing. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I mean, I think what they're doing is a combination of uh, bullying and betrayal, you know? Right. I right. agree. I agree. Well, it's just amazing, like here in the United States, when they started the lockdown measures, I was just shocked that no one, no, not one voice spoke up for freedom of assembly. And there's even uh, the opposite going on, where now if you start talking about freedom of speech or freedom of assembly, you're, you start to get into this, like, oh, are you one of those conspiracy theorists, Nazi far right, you know, uh, white supremacists. I mean, I, I'm trying to figure out why here in the United States we're not seeing, right. you know, a, a pushback against this. And then we've got the mainstream media doing the Black Lives Matter thing so much and the misinformation campaign that's been happening, uh, coupled with uh, a lot of this long-term education where people don't understand the importance of standing up against government tyranny uh, and even this, this implication that you must be somehow far right if you believe or are concerned or have these concerns, um, it's, it's, it's really working. I mean, people aren't standing up against this right now. Listen, Benito Mussolini, who articulated the theory of fascism, defined fascism as corporate governance. Mm -hmm. Okay? Yeah. A board of directors lays down the law, and that's it. Post-World War II, the left wing convinced the world, especially in North America, that Hitler and Mussolini were far-right Nazi fascists. Sorry. They were just a step to the right of the, the Soviet and Chinese communists. Both the Nazi and Mussolini regimes were left-wing socialist regimes. 
they were to totalitarian, but Hitler's regime and party was the Nationalist Socialist Party of Germany. Mm -hmm. Mussolini's party was a socialist party. They were totalitarian. And so we have been hoodwinked into believing that all totalitarian regimes are right wing. No, sir. These two regimes in the, uh, Europe were left wing regimes. And it troubles me that the left wing in the States, with the left wing, let's call them liberal, the Democrats, this is one of the reasons why they're all into the COVID measures. They're of the same stripe. It's only the right wing, the so-called neocons, who are fighting for individual rights and liberties and adherence to the Constitution. Okay? I'm not political. As I said, I, I view all governments with distrust. But really, if we're looking at reality and the history of it, Hitler, Mussolini, Stalin, they're all wow. left-wing totalitarian regimes, okay? Mm -hmm. and, and I think what we need to do to learn from this is to look at the education systems. And that's why I think we need to get children, you know, the, this generation need out of these uh, state schools. Because in a way, what we have is um, kind of globalism versus localism, right? I think the old right. left and right is actually, I call them rabbit holes, you know, so you can right. actually spend exactly. a lot of time going down uh, Agenda 21 or glyphosate or cancer treatment. You know, there's a whole sure. lot. Sure. Really, they're passe distractions is what they are. They're passe and distractions. Yeah, exactly. mm -hmm. What rules now are not heads of state. It's the exactly. globalized oligarchs. Right. Yeah, and right. what That's we need to do, the world. I think, is to bring it back to local and democracy. Right. Yeah. Try to bring fundamental rights. Something needs to replace this right-left paradigm that we've already discussed that is just failing people, and it really works to divide and conquer. And I don't, people aren't seeing the big picture like you were discussing, Rocco. People see fascism as far right, but it's actually also kind of from the far left. Like these totalitarian notions are actually interweaved. I think, I'll, well, I would actually argue purposefully within the right-left paradigm, no matter whether you're on the right or the left, you can be manipulated towards fascism, which is why those are the only two choices that they give us. Um, well, you see, the, the left or right fascists don't sit on a horizontal plane. They sit at the same point of the circle next to each other, okay? Mm -hmm. You have right-wing liberals, you have right-wing socialists, you have left-wing socialists, right? Yeah. But the fascists on both sides, the left and the right, meet right here. And that's the reality. And me, I, I put in a vote for the anarchists. They're much aligned. It's the <laughs> only viable, it's the only viable political system where we get together to say, listen, we're individuals, Take care yeah. of ourselves and our brothers and sisters yeah. when we choose on our terms, but we shouldn't have government telling us what to do on much, mm. very little. Yeah. An Italian uh, anarchist is a is a British libertarian. <laughs> and a British libertarian. Okay. We we have a lot in common. Uh, yeah. Not completely the same. I'm just saying the people have a natural ability to conduct and regulate their own affairs without the imposition of an oppressive state. This is all ultimately Agenda 21, Agenda 2030, the Sustainable Development Goals Project of the United Nations and the World Health Organization. The World Health Organization is, of course, an arm of the UN. Basically, the UN has enacted a global coup with this COVID-19 virus, and they got all member states to fall in line. It's a Trojan horse takeover achieved without firing a shot. 
Life as we knew it, the world over, was never supposed to go back to normal. Our politicians are puppets for the UN, the World Bank, IMF, the World Health Organization, and so forth, and they know what they're doing. They know that there's no reason to shut down meat processing plants because of suspected COVID cases while Amazon warehouses remain open. That's just about controlling the food supply. They know that the restrictions on pubs don't make sense. It's not about making sense. It's about crashing our economies and forcing humanity into extreme poverty, whereby we'll be much easier to control. Standard communist fare. When there's rules like people not being allowed to meet in groups larger than six people, or they face dispersal, fines, or arrest, it's just about control. It's about stopping peaceful protests and keeping people away from each other so that they can't coordinate, plan, and push back in unison against the government. It's to quell political dissent, nothing more. It has nothing to do with stopping a virus that's killing next to no one at this point. As Ivor Cummins has pointed out in his really great Twitter threads, and you should follow him over on Twitter, Country after country is seeing a high number of cases, very low mortality. High number of cases, very low mortality. These lockdown restrictions and devastating economic and societal disruptions are not going to end until we stop all of this ridiculous amount of PCR testing and get back to our lives. More restrictions are inbound in the UK. There's talk of a 10pm curfew, because apparently after 10 o'clock the virus just goes nuts, right? Whatever. Boris Johnson wants people to be tested daily. A passport to mingle if they are proved to be negative. In Quebec, Canada, Quebec City says it will isolate uncooperative citizens in secret corona facility. Health officials also visiting homes to take away people who violate quarantine. Victoria, Australia could very well be a taste of what the dystopian future may look like. Remember that pregnant woman who was arrested for posting on social media about an anti-lockdown protest? Well, she's facing up to 15 years in jail. Also in Melbourne, there was a woman out for a walk in a park. She is 38 weeks pregnant. This police officer wouldn't let her sit down at a park bench to catch her breath. I just wanted to make sure I understand the rules. So, you're allowed to be in a park, but you can't sit in a park at all? Only, you can only be out of your house for one of the four reasons. That's one of those would be exercise. Sitting in a park is not one of the four reasons. So, she can walk in the park, but she's not allowed to sit at a park bench to catch her breath? So I'm pregnant and obviously my exercise is limited. Like, I don't know if because I have to walk, I'm now yes. puffed out because I'm 38 weeks pregnant. I understand. So even I can't sit in a park. Is that right? You can only be out for one of the four reasons. So I just confirmed that. Yes or no, I can't sit in a park. As a pregnant woman, I cannot sit in a park. You can only be out for one of the four reasons. Just say yes or no. It's a yes Take or care. no question. Have a good day. You can only be out for one of the four reasons. You can only be out for one of the four reasons. This unfeeling drone is unable to say anything beyond his basic programming. And isn't it interesting how cruel and psychotic some police are becoming in Victoria now that they can cover their faces with masks? I recently talked about a health passport here in Ireland. The Health Passport Ireland, an app that keeps a record of your COVID test, If you test positive for COVID or your test expires, you can't go out and live your normal life. In order to be able to go to the shops, to work, on public transport, etc., you have to have an app on your phone that says you've got the all clear, basically. And it'll eventually record your vaccine status, because that's where all of this is headed. A mandatory vaccine that everyone on the planet has to take, or they will be cut off from society and unable to go beyond their front door. The fight against this scam is a fight for the freedom of humanity. And you are part of that fight. And you're not alone. Millions of people around the world have begun attending anti-lockdown protests 
like those taking place at Leinster House and Custom House Quay in Dublin on Saturday afternoon. Finally, I will say to doctors, nurses, politicians and even celebrities with large influence, people who know what's going on but they're too afraid to blow the whistle and risk losing their jobs and career opportunities, please be aware, this situation is not going to simply pass and you're not going to wake up someday and find that it was all a bad dream. There's no saving your own ass kind of thing. There's no economy or future employment that's going to be worth trying to scramble to preserve. Our opportunities in the future will be few and far between. We're all in this situation together. The only way to save your future and ensure your prosperity and the prosperity of your friends and family is to be brave and speak out now. Rest assured, doing so is not only the right and moral thing to do, it's vital to guarantee that your children and your grandchildren will continue to live in a free world. That was from Dave Collins' September 11th posting to BitChute because his YouTube video was removed within four or five hours after it was posted. It seems to me that another term for Agenda 21 could be Conspiracy 21. I mean, how is a conspiracy any different from an agenda in this political context? But once again, here we heard Rocco Galati making the same fatal error regarding left and right that we heard him make on last week's show. You know, after having heard him clearly reject the labels of left and right, he still concludes that, quote, it's only the right wing who's fighting for individual rights and liberties and adherence to the Constitution. I'm not political. I view all governments with distrust. But, but really, if we're looking at the reality and history of it, all the bad guys are on the left wing, end quote, basically. And still Galati insists he's not political, when clearly he is on the right side of the political polarity on this issue, a position he cannot escape, even though he's quite free to deny it. Maybe for political reasons, given his pending challenge before the courts. And last week we discussed the necessary polarization of left and right, and the comment posed by Doug McCanty illustrated my very point. Quote, if you talk about freedom, you get labeled far right or as a white supremacist. The implication is that you must be far right if you believe in freedom, end quote. Well, of course, there is no far right. There is only the right. <laughs> and yes, if you believe in freedom, you are indeed on the right. Yet all those on the right continue to deny and reject their own identity because they allowed the left to define and epistemologically disarm them into yet another manifestation of fear. Oh, I don't want to be labeled right. Oh, God. You'll never hear people on the left talking like that. When people object to political polarization, quote-unquote, what they're really objecting to is the right to politically disagree. That's what polarization is. This objection itself represents a polarized political position of the left. No matter who's saying it, whether from the right or the left. In the world of politics, ideological electoral options are necessarily binary, leading to a natural polarization of their symbolic terms, left and right. When objectively and correctly associated with their proper ideologies, these polarized terms of left and right can be used as a powerful compass, making it possible to steer the ship of state in the right direction. So pick it up and use it to your advantage. Quit wandering around in a right-wing haze. If there's one message to take away from today's show, it is that we must speak out and we have to wake up the zombies all around us because their state of unconsciousness is the greatest threat to all of us right now. So that's exactly what we will continue to do when we next return to resume the discussion. So be sure to join us again next week when we will continue our journey in the right direction. And until then, be right, stay right, do right, act right, think right, 
and be right back here. We'll see you then. Fade into color, color into black and white. Under the bedclothes, everything will be alright. <laughs> you can't just reorganize the entire defense of the realm just like that. By when? Well, by what year, precisely? 2020? <laughs> but that's sooner than you think.